So what is going on over here? The Mishnah explains as follows. Achilas peros. So the case is like this. If you have, for example, a goslin, a thief, who steals a sada, he steals a field from his friend, and then he goes ahead and sells the field to somebody else, to some buyer. And the buyer, he, he plants in the field, and things sprout in the field, and he makes fruit in the field. And then the nigzal, the one that it was originally stolen from, he goes to the buyer and he says, hey, that's mine. You know, your seller is a godly, is a thief, and he stole it from me. So the nigzal, the one that it was stolen from, goes to the buyer, takes back his field along with the fruit. So the Allah is, the nigzal does not have to pay the buyer of only what his expenses were. And then the buyer goes back to the mocha, the seller, who is the gazan, the actual thief, and he can collect from him the value of the karka, the value of the ground, even from the chasam mishubadim, even from assets that the gazan may have sold to somebody else, he takes precedence and can snatch it from those buyers, and then those buyers have to deal with this gazan on their own. But he has rights to take from mishubadim, from assets that the gazan, the seller, the thief, may have sold to somebody else, he's allowed to collect that. However, when it comes to the value of the fruit that he had uh, grown off this field, those values, he can only collect from the freed assets in the thief's hands. So that's for the case of Achilles uh, Peros. What about Shvach Karkaos? So if the buyer was Mashpiach, he improved the field by planting it, by putting, fertil- by putting fer- fertilizer on it, the Hanigzal, the one that was stolen from, comes and takes it away from his hand and says, Hey, this is mine. Mine. So in a Gobe Demeyashvach, the buyer cannot collect the value that he improved of this land only from Milchazm Bnechorin, only from the freed assets that the Goslin, the seller, the thief has, and not from assets that the seller may have sold to somebody else. Uh, the other case was Mazon Isha Vihabanos. What does that mean? So the Allah is that in the Tanai of Iksuba, it states that if a woman becomes a widow, she's sustained by the assets of her husband, and so too her daughters are sustained by the assets of the husband until the daughters get married. Ukshi and Boz, when they come and collect their mizonosin, their food, Einam Govan, they cannot collect they can only collect from the freed assets of the husband, from the current assets of the husband, the mazon, the food, and not from assets they may have sold to somebody else. They do not take precedence. Why is this? The Mishnah says, "Nay, tikkuna olam." Because the tikkuna olam, shadvarim elah. These matters, einlam kitzah. There's no end. Adam looks when a person comes and purchases a field from his friend. He doesn't know to be careful and leave the seller some assets that maybe you know he stole this field and one day it'll be snatched from me. He doesn't know. Kadesh elo mimalu for osam. Meachash inu dea kamahem. He doesn't. He doesn't know what's going on. You can only collect from the freed assets that belong to this, uh, in, in these scenarios, rather than the assets that have been sold. And we discussed that there's a fine line. Sometimes you will collect from assets that were sold. Sometimes you won't. But the theme here is you're always going to be collecting from the B'nai Chorin, unless we have the exceptions that we mentioned earlier. 
and a person who finds a metzia, he finds a lost object on the ground, and he returns it to the rightful owner. Vahabam, the owner says, he says, you know, you never returned my lost object to me. So says the Mishnah, we don't make the finder swear, take an oath that he returned it. Maybe they take an olam. Because if you were to obligate the finder to take an oath to tell the one that lost his object that I did return to you, what are you saying I, that you never returned it, I returned it to you? If you have to make him take an oath, no one's going to want to be metapal to take care of a lost object they find on the ground to return to his rightful owner. Because why would they want to get themselves into the headache that the owner's going to claim he never got it and make me take an oath that I returned it to you? Therefore, if a person finds a lost object, returns it to the rightful owner, and the owner says he never received it, then the finder does not have to swear that he gave it back to the rightful owner. Yeah, these orphans, they were relying on the Balabayas, to go by his word. He was taking care of them, he was helping them out. So even though, an Apatropos was not appointed over them, nevertheless, love the din of an Apatropos. What's an Apatropos? Apatropos is a Roman word. Uh, in Rome, in Rome, they call an av a patir, right? Fatir, father, and they and they call uh, children uh, putus. So the explanation is that apatropus is avian shaktanim. It's like it's like a father of the children, like like a like a, a fatherly figure for the children to take care of them and look after them. So these some of these orphans that are relying on a particular balabias, even though he wasn't appointed as an apatropus, well, the din of an apatropus. Or or if the, the father appointed before his death an actual apotropus, Adam a person on the to take care of the nechasim shall yisom the assets of the yisomim who are minors. Either the balabayas in this scenario or the actual apotropus is obligated to be mafresh from the fruit of the yisomim the trumas and the maizus in order that they don't eat things that are forbidden to them. Says the Mishnah further, Apatrapas Shemino Avi Yisomim, and Apatrapas the father uh, had appointed over these orphans before he died, Yishava, meaning when the Yisomim grow up, and the Apatrapas is giving over to them their assets that he was watching until now, and now the Yisomim themselves will take care of them because they're, they're grown up, the Apatrapas will take an oath, Yishava Lahem, he swears, Shlodigach Mishlam Kumi, he didn't take anything for himself. Now that's all when the father appointed Apatrapas before his death. We know Bezdin. If Bezdin appointed the Apatropis, Shesmana Ayde Bezdin, Bezdin appointed the Apatropis to take care of these children, then Lo Yishava, he's not obligated to take an oath. Because an Apatropis, this Apatropis, Zetoreach Beisomim, he's being Matriach in the Yisomim, if they should Bezdin hit the Allah as a Tavasana, because Bezdin places matter on him. If he looks at Tavasana, he's got no Tavasana, there's no benefit to him. And if you get obligated to make an oath one day when they, when they grow up and they take back their stuff, he has, he has to swear that he is, he isn't, he's not holding anything of his own. So then Yisar will refuse from being appointed an Apatrapas to begin with. What does he want the headache for? However, by an Apatrapas that was appointed by the, by the father of the Yisar before he died, so he's got a great benefit. Right, the father appointed me. He won't hold back from accepting the Apatrapas status because one day he'll have to take an oath. He doesn't mind because he gets such a benefit that he's serving these children as their, their father appointed him. Abashal says no. Switch it around. The Allah is opposite. When, be, when, the, fa, when the father of the Yisomim appoints him as an Apatropos before he dies, he doesn't swear. Don't reason why he's being an Apatropos is a Chesed is doing a Taiva, a Chesed for, for their father. 
Whereas when Bezin appoints him to, 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 as the Apshapas, he does swear. Why? Because since Bezin relies on him, so everyone's going to know, be misspicing the matter that he's the trustworthy guy. So that's a great benefit. There's a Tobas and I. He's thrilled. Everyone will trust him now. Therefore, he'll never refuse him being appointed as Apatropos. And even if the obligate to take an oath one day that he doesn't take anything for himself when they grow up and they want to claim their assets, he won't hold back from making that oath. He'll do it willingly and therefore he'll want the job. And the Lacha follows like Apashal's opinion. Hamak Tame, Mishra says further, a person who makes Tame uh, tar items of a friend, for example, he makes his friend Truma Tame, Vahamadameya, a person takes Truma and mixes it into Hulan, he takes sacred food, mixes it into the non sacred food of his friend, so he's being mafsed his friend. Because now his friends with a Yisrael can't eat it anymore. And he's going to have to sell it for cheap to the Kahanim. Right? If a bottle of Chuma wine falls into uh, 30 bottles of non-Chuma wine, he'll have to sell all of it to a Kahanim for cheap because he can't eat it now. A person, a person that takes uh, wine and he's Manasih, he pours it for Avodah Zarah. And he uses his friend's wine to pour it for Avodah Zarah. He makes it into Yayan Esach. So he doesn't have any benefit from it. Asr so if he does these things bishogi by mistake, Pati is exempt from paying for the damages. But maybe if he did it on purpose, he's obligated high to pay for the damages. And Digmar explains that even though, even when he does it, but made it on purpose, Midin, to the letter of the law, he's not high to pay for anything. Because the damage that he did is not recognizable damage. It's more of like a spiritual damage. It's not a physical damage in the item. The Hizik in a nicker ain't more hezek, a damage which is not recognizable is not considered damage. But the Chachamim were mechaiv him to pay for tikkun ha'olam. Shloyhei kol echad v'echad that people shouldn't just go and make their friends taharis tame or make their their non-sacred food just throw in a bottle of sacred and make them all uh, uh, make him have to sell it all to a coin for cheap because he doesn't know where the sacred bottle is. Or take his friend's wine and just make it you know yayin uh, esach by spilling it by avodazar and make it aser. We don't want people just doing this and messing over their friends. And what he'll say is, oh, I'm exempt. Poturani, I'm, I'm exempt. I didn't do anything wrong. So, therefore, to, to avoid this, the Chacham Institute, if they do, have to pay. HaKohanim, Kohanim, ShePiglu mikdash. They made pigle on the base of mikdash, meaning a, a carbon that is slaughtered, or the blood that is mekabal, that is received, or the blood that is holichu, uh, they bring the blood, or they splish the blood, if they do any of this uh, process of the carbon with a thought to eat from it when they can't eat from it, or to burn it after the, a lot of time when they know they shouldn't be burning it then, their thought uh, invalidates the carbon. Puzzles are carbon. The mechshev is pigol. It's called pigol. And this invalid thought will invalidate the carbon. So the Mishnah says, if they didn't mezidin it on purpose, they knew that the carbon would become invalid by the thought that they had. Chayev, and they're obligated to pay for the value of the carbon to the owners. Why? Because then the owners have to bring another carbon in its place. And the they kahana are damaging the owners. And even if the carbon wasn't a dove, it was a voluntary carbon. But technically, you don't have to bring a replacement for it. Nevertheless, kasha hadavar be'ene The matter is very hard in the eyes of the owners. Shehei wrote to him, they want to bring a gift to God. And these kohanim are messing it over. Hilgoth the kohanim will be obligated to pay for the value of the carbon that they caused damage to the owner.